Welcome to the Space Between podcast. I am William. And I'm Katie. And in this podcast, we talk about the complexities of life, faith in the 21st century, and everything in between. Often, that space between is where a lot of us find ourselves. We hope to provide a place where people can be honest and we can engage with one another with compassion wherever we may end up on our journey. Hello and welcome to the Space Between podcast. Today we have Will from Heretical Theology with us. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Will. Yeah, no problem. Glad to have be on here. So uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about atheism. So you yourself are an atheist and a secular humanist as far as I'm aware. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the substance of what that means. Uh, we don't want to try and make any sort of caricature of what atheism is, like we often find within Christianity. So talking about that and a little bit about how Christians and atheists can have better dialogue as well. Um, so first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, how you got into what you're doing just now as well? Yeah. So um, those who may be familiar with me, I, I'm an ex-Christian. I was fairly fundamentalist evangelical for 15 years. Then I got out of that as I moved on to a different church. And then I slowly became a more reasonable evangelical, and that turned in, into a more progressive liberal Christian. And uh, I eventually um, started uh, deconstructing my, my faith from the ground up, questioning things. My pastor had uh, given us a quote that a faith that can't be trusted, a faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. And I had a lot of questions and I took a leap of faith and nine months later I became an atheist. <laughs> and that's pretty much what happens. Um, uh, as far as, you know, my page, um, it got started because I was doing a, um, a basically a Bible devotion every single day. I've been doing that for multiple years already, but I wanted to like, kind of like make it a challenge where I could do it every single day. And I was posting on Facebook and then, uh, throughout all of 2016, you can see like my my, my posts become uh, less devotional centric and more questioning, more critical. Then people were starting to get freaked out, and so I, I moved from my personal Instagram page to a page that's separate that won't bother all the all the sensitive Christians who doesn't like their uh, text to be critiqued. Was it always called heretical theology then, or was it something else before? Uh, I, I think I always, I mean, if I, I might've changed like once or twice, like the first two days, but it was, it's always been a radical theology. I did change my, my actual name because like you have like the username, they have a handle or I may begin mixed up. Um, but it was always heretical theology. And then for a while it was doubt everything. Like my name was doubt everything, uh, because that's kind of like one of the models I live by. And then that kind of got confusing for some people. And so I, made it even more confusing then i changed my name to uh not god's will which obviously my name is will and i'm not god's and this is definitely not god's will so it's, it's punny as we like to say over there <laughs> yeah it's very good um so in that sort of period of time where you were going through that transition from being a, a christian to an atheist what were you feeling in that period of time and uh, what was your experience when you actually came to the place of just embracing the label atheist and going, okay, I don't need to try and put up a front anymore, pretend that I believe, but like, I'm just going to embrace this. Well, it actually has a lot to do with my own ignorance um, because 
when I came out as a non-Christian on, on Facebook, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, well, especially my brother, he was like, well, I hope you're not an atheist. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not an atheist. Definitely not mm. an atheist. Can't do that. And that was because I had a misunderstanding of what an atheist was. Um, I had assumed uh, that an atheist asserts that a God does not exist. Um, so like in the Bible, it says the fool says in their, in their heart that God doesn't, or the fool says that there is no God uh, or something similar to that. I think it's one of the Psalms. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's foolish. I mean, I would still tell anyone that is foolish to assert. Um, but uh, once I learned what the definition of, of atheism was being that a simply a lack of a belief in a God or God. So I'm like, Oh, well, shit i guess i am an atheist so <laughs> i just kind of kind of kind of ran with it uh so i was only like an agnostic for two months a month and now i consider myself both agnostic and atheist yeah do you want to maybe just explain for some people what maybe some of the general caricatures or uh, perceptions that people have leveled at you of what atheism is, maybe try to explain what atheism is, um, despite the fact that um, they are not that, that they are Christian and have never experienced <laughs> what it's like to go through that? Yeah, th- there are some Christians, they are few and far between who who don't treat me disingenuously. Um, but uh, yeah, so just, just, just to reiterate, an, an atheist is simply a person who does not believe in a God, period. It's got no tenets. It's got no other agendas. There, there's no doctrines or, or tenets you got to obey by. We don't have have leaders that we follow. It's it's just a lack of a belief in a God. And along with that comes, you know, a multitude of different things. Like just how you can talk to a Christian and they can have different political viewpoints or they can have different levels of morality, th- things like that. It's, it's no different for atheists. Um, so like one of the caricatures that, uh, we get is, you know, is often equal, we're often, uh, equivocated with, uh, like Stalin or Mao and like, yeah, they, they were atheists, but they're also communists and totalitarian, uh, from my understanding of politics. And it was, so it wasn't the atheism that, that caused them to do these sort of things. Their motivation came from their political ideologies, um, I, so that that's probably the most common caricature I get. Another one is that you know we can't base our morality off of anything, which I I don't understand that because like even when I was a Christian, like I never thought that there was objective morality. Like I knew that God had an objective standard when I was a Christian that we need to strive to obtain, but we can't know His thoughts. We can only try to understand His thoughts, but even then, it's like you, you look at the Bible; it's like clearly God has subjective morality, like. Even as a Christian, I'm like, there is stuff changing here constantly throughout the centuries, okay? And it's like, God says he doesn't change his mind. Well, we can debate what that meant. But it's it's clear that in, in the Old Testament, it was, hey, you you get saved through, or you have a relationship with God through uh, works and through the law. And then old, in the New Testament, it's it's grace. Like, that is a, a huge drastic change in, in morality, in my opinion. So... That's that's kind of where 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 I fall in those basically morality and and it, it and atheism being labeled with a a political agenda. 
Yeah. Do you think that any of the mischaracterizations that people usually have of atheism uh, are well-founded in any way? You posted something earlier on today about nuance and how you can be frustrated sometimes even with those in the atheist community who um, don't bring nuance to certain topics. Um, do you think may maybe some people claim the name atheist without fully understanding um, what that implies or means? I mean, let's, 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 Let's just be honest here. Um, people are humans. <laughs> we, yep. we are all yep. we're all fallacious. We all have our, our issues, and we're all we're all selfish in, in, in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go on record and say most people are idiots. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> I was talking with with an atheist today who uh, talking on, on Instagram. It's on one of the popular atheist accounts, and he just made his generalized statement that every single occurrence in the bible is 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 false i'm like no that's 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 not accurate like that's i don't know where you're getting that from that's not true at all like why are you saying this and of course it already had a bunch of likes from from other atheists and i had to like explain to this guy like this that's, that's actually not true and then uh, it, it was like he actually started listening a little bit i think so it, it was good but i might try to tell him like you need to approach things with nuance. And that's when I actually made that, that, that story on Instagram. But uh, I probably block one atheist for every 10 Christian evangelical people I had to block. And I don't like blocking people. It's just when they become super obnoxious, like I'll, I'll, I'll enter into discussions with people, but when, when they clearly have an agenda and they clearly have no desire to actually talk with you, but they want to talk at you. And I, I get atheists to do that. It's like, okay, this is unfortunate, but goodbye and i just move on to other things with atheism obviously there's a distinction between that and maybe something like secular humanism so do you want to explain a little bit about what secular humanism is yeah so um and i'll have to look up the actual i try to when i make posts i try to actually look at the, the specific definitions first so but since i'm doing this live i'll just try to you know pull out my ass for lack of better terms <laughs> it's it's uh it's it was first off you have humanism, which is the idea that humans should have a, a standard of equality, and and at least that's kind of like general my general perspective. I'm sure people can go on on Google right now and say no, that's full of shit. That's not actually what it says. Okay, fine, whatever. But in my mind, we're trying to find equality for all people globally, uh, not just people in America, not just for people you know in Europe, but globally. Every single person should have the ability to have the same amount of equality as I do. And being a cisgender uh, heterosexual male that had both living parents growing up as a child and, you know, and living in America, guess what? That's, that's, that's pretty high up there. And I want them to have the same opportunities that I have. Now, when it, the secular aspect is that I want to pursue this through secular means. And not even just want to, but I think it needs to be. Um, there, there's a there's a quote that's been used by a lot of different uh, atheists. Um, I really, I, I think I heard it first from Hitchens, Christopher Hitchens, and I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but there, it's the idea that there is there is nothing that a religious organization can do that can't be emulated by a secular organization. And I was gonna make a post about this uh, here and here in a day or two. And basically saying the exact same thing. It's like name one thing that a religious organization can do without that that the secular organization can't do. And I, I can't I honestly cannot think of anything. Any, anything that religion does 
can be emulated through secular means, and that will cut off all the all the religious baggage that is associated with it. Um, about the only other thing that religion has going for it is is its finances. It's 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 mind boggling how much money religious institutions have, and they could literally cure uh, um, world hunger if they wanted to. They could, and they could do it pretty easily too. Well, relatively speaking, easily. If, if, yeah. if we're to talk about you know, <laughs> the world you know, working together and putting put forth their finances, so I'm not trying to say that's an easy thing to do, but yeah. they would have a lot of money left over. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you touched on a little bit earlier, and I suppose it ties into this with uh, secular humanism, is the concept of morality. Um, and often there's the claim made that as an atheist, there's no grounding for objective morality. Now, we know that that's not the case. But one one thing that I'd like to ask you is, do you think that there is such a thing as objective morality? And then also following up from that, um, would you say that you were more or less moral uh, than you are now when you were a Christian? Good questions. Uh, so about objective morality, I would say there is objective morality. Well, actually, let me rephrase this. I think there are objective goals within morality. I don't think that's going to look the same for every single person, and it's going to change for every single circumstance. Um, you know, what is going to be objectively moral for me today was different for a person, you know, living 50 years ago. So it's always going to be circumstantially based. The, the idea is, is that we can have these general ideas. They, they may be fluid in nature, um, but we can still say this is, this is a good objective goal to try to obtain. So again, like like the, the basis set of of being egalitarian and, and having this equality for all human beings, at least as as a reset button to spring off of. I I know people will say you, you may not have any evidence or justification for that. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. It's like I, I tell a person, do you want to be punched in the face? And unless they're, you know, a member of fight club. They may be like, well, no, I don't want to be punched in the face. I'm like, okay, cool, great. I, I agree. I don't want to be punched in the face either. That is something that we can mutually agree on, and probably 99.9% of people of the, of the population of Earth can agree upon that. We take that same uh, logic, and we apply that to everyday life. Um, so like how Jesus was saying, well, supposedly Jesus was saying that, you know, you know, um, <laughs> Part here, go and roll, do and do unto others as, as you have them doing to you. That's cool. Like that's that's okay for for his time period. That was somewhat revolutionary. Um, he's about two hundred years too late because uh, some Buddhist monks had pretty much said the same thing uh, before him. Uh, but it's, it's a good stepping stone. To, but I still find it lacking. I'm like, no, let's treat other people better than what we would want to treat them. And so at at that point, it's like. What was what, what our basis for morality? I understand how I like to be treated. I'm going to presume that the person next to me wants to be treated better than that. Now, is that, is that subjective or, or is that objective? You, you tell me. Like that's, there, there's fluidity there, so we, we need to be careful with that. Um, so, along with, so along the lines of, uh, you know, am I more moral now or, le- or, or less moral? I think it would depend upon who you ask, right? <laughs> um, if you ask a Christian, even just especially evangelical, like I'm, I'm sure as hell a lot less moral now. I watched Game of Thrones. Oh shit, that's <laughs> not good. That was like one of the first things I did when I left, when I left, left Christianity. It's like I was like, 
do you want to watch Game of Thrones? Like, my wife is, is still, like, not too keen on nudity. She's like, yeah, let's check it out. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, yeah. Um, then, uh, so, like, I, I'm, I, I was pretty... So th- this is the other thing, too, is I, my morality changed a lot as I became a more progressive Christian. And so I became uh, LGBTQ affirming while still a Christian. Um, I became a lot less... So I was, like, hardcore right-wing... Uh, political like i would have probably voted for trump 10 years ago in 2016 i'm like okay there's something wrong here so i I had changed that much at least and um you know as far as like no morality goes like i mean i i'm not how 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 do i how do i approach the 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 pro-choice pro-life issue is first off men should not tell women what to do with their bodies just want to make that perfectly clear (laughs) okay so there there is that uh, but at the exact same time, you know, I, I think uh, when we talk about, you know, what what is a life, I, I think Sam Harris really puts the the abortion debate uh, to a, to an end. Like, you know, Christians like to call you know uh, fetuses babies. I'm like, okay, that's I I can understand that that sentiment, but the, I think their their pro life um, stance is is. At, at best slightly hypocritical and when we talk about why they want to save quote unquote you know save these children uh, they, they like to quote all these stats and everything is you know babies this and babies that i'm like no we're, we're talking about human cells okay like when so many percentage of the, of the abortions take place uh you know first trimester or, or whatever and usually when we talk about abortion like that's the statistics that we're working with. Like when we're talking about like third trimester stuff, it's always like uh, very, like a very, very small percentage. And it's almost always because, you know, a woman's life is in danger or the <clears throat> child's life is in danger. So yeah, I'm, I am a lot, uh, um, I'm, I'm definitely a lot more pro-choice now. So I would tell you that my, my morality has shifted a lot, but I would say I've also became a lot more educated as well. Um, so long, 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 long way to give an example on, on the whole pro-choice, pro-life thing. Oh, that's cool. And uh, one thing that maybe you'd want to comment on, um, I was just thinking there about how oftentimes the ones who are making the claim that atheists don't have a ground for objective morality, say, for example, Christian apologists or evangelicals, um, will say that objective morality is based in a culturally relative text, Um I don't know if you want to comment on that at all or have any thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing for a person to believe in a God. And if, if someone believes in a God, I'm like, what, what, whatever, that's fine. Just keep it, keep it to yourself and, and don't tell me I need to worship this God. <clears throat> but no, it's, you can ask pretty much any historian and unless they're a fundamentalist, they're like, we create these gods. Okay. So it's, 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 it's presuming the fact that there is a God out there, first of all. And I'm like, no, you need proof of this God before you start telling me that God, this God has subscribed some sort of morality for us to follow. And then you got to prove to me that this God has prescribed a, a set of, uh, of uh, moral rules that we need to follow. Whereas if you're looking at the Bible, I have absolutely no problem pointing out all the textual issues that this is not the so-called word of God. What has happened is that man in their 
finite, infinite wisdom. However, I know that was a little bit of a paradox there. Infinite, finite wisdom. I think, I think that makes more sense. Yeah, we'll go with infinite, finite wisdom. <clears throat> they had decided to try to figure out their place in this world. And, and of course, these patriarchal societies had decided to worship a god. And they made God in their image. And they had these ideas of what is sound and moral and good, which conveniently lined up with their culture and their time in history. And they said, thus says God. Okay. Move up to the 21st century, and we're essentially doing the exact same thing. You know, I, I, like, I like the question that uh, a lot of atheists like to toss around and, and humans like to toss around. I was like, what are we doing today that might uh, that we're going to be ashamed of in the future? Because if we were thinking like that, you know, 100, 100 200 years ago, like racism would not be, would hopefully have gone away a little bit faster. Unfortunately, because of ignorance, we are still dealing with a lot of racist issues. And it's, it's incredibly upsetting. And we need to start moving forward with uh, what I can call the considered a law of empathy. Again, you may be in a certain circumstance, but this life is not just about who you are. You are one person out of seven point some billion people on this earth, and we're working together. If it's all about you and your God, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for progress. It leaves a whole lot of room for your ideologies that is directly harmful for the progress of humanity. One of the other things that um, many Christian apologists or evangelicals may claim um, is that there is inherent purpose and meaningfulness um, to the universe. Would you say that there is such a thing as inherent meaning? And if not, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you find to be meaningful and purposeful in life and why? Um, it sounds nice that there is purpose and meaning in the universe. Um I don't think we exactly have proof for that yet. Um, it if you want to look at it from a, a physics standpoint, you know, um, which is way outside my realm of understanding. So I'm not even going to try to pretend I know anything about astronuclear physics or anything like that. Um, and, and likewise, I don't think apologists do either. And I think they're talking out of their ass. They just hear what, what one scientist says and they heard another apologist quote that scientist. And the next thing you know, they have proof for the big, like God did everything, which is completely asinine. Um, the process is at least where if we, if there is meaning to this universe, it's a fact that we are all made from the same stuff. You know, when Carl Sagan, I think it was Carl Sagan says, we're all made from star stuff. And I, I even, I find that like, that's, that's cool. Like, it, it sounds pretty and poetic. It's, it doesn't do anything for me though. Like I'm made out of nuclear radioactivity that fuels suns. Like awesome. I'm, I still got to wake up in the morning and pay my bills. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. 
but let's let's be real here. How how much does that actually affect me? Not not really anything at all. Um, I think it's great for us to stop and and consider these sort of things. But I don't think we we should uh, have our lives be compounded by these these deeper philosophical statements. Um, you know, a lot of times when apologists try to go that route, they're trying to argue for the existence of God, like whether it be intelligent design or or the universe has meaning or or, or whatever. Like that's that's cool, but at the exact same time, like that is an argument for deism, not any form of theism. And a lot of apologists will try to connect their specific narrow view of Christianity a thousand degrees away to this deistic being. And, and, and that's a fallacy in of itself. As, uh, as for, you know, talking about meaning, you know, I got my bird, which you can hear in the background right now. So I apologize. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> my wife is also at me right now too. So unfortunately she can't get away to, to, to yell at him. Um, even though he bit me three times a day, I, I still love the little punk. He, he's <laughs> he, he he loves cuddling my hand. Like it's it's those it's those moments where you just yeah. take a, take a break and you, and you just chill out. And you're like, this is this is life. I have lung in my I have have, have air in my lungs. I have consciousness. That alone is something that is so mind blowingly bizarre. I give if if, a, if, a, if an apologist wants to uh, make some sort of case for a god, like let's let's start there and then the power of the mind and all that stuff. But like, we still can't make claims to what consciousness even is. So it's like when it comes to having meaning, uh, I'm reading a book called uh, uh, Homo Deus right now, which is a fantastic book. And I'm only, I'm only like, I'm, I'm listening to an audiobook. I think I'm only two hours of 16 hours in, but it's been fantastic. And I know I get meaning out of, you know, spending time with things that matter to me but also in the context of knowing that I am one being out of uncount of countless beings, but I've also of 7 billion humans. And I have to have the opportunity to live today in the here and now in the 21st century. Like this is that, that is, I would, I hate using this word and I don't like it, but if you want to talk about something that's miraculous, which I give quantitatively like a one in a million chance, like this is a miracle of miracles. Okay. That, that, I am here right now talking to you about the meaning of life. I, this we, we, we've hit, we've hit the lottery as far as, you know, having purpose and meaning in our lives. And it's been, it's been great to explore. And I definitely don't think you need a God to appreciate that. And, and in fact, I don't think I ever truly did until I, I put the God facade down. One of the other things that you talk about quite regularly is uh, the concept of critical thinking. Um, so for you, what is the role of critical thinking in matters of religion, uh, belief, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so critical, th- critical thinking is essentially what it is. It's, it's taking in an idea and, and, and critically examining it. Um, this is, should be especially done for your own beliefs and, and, and why people believe what they believe. Like, you know, why do you believe what you believe? And, and that's a question I think we need to ask uh, a lot. So for example, my own deconstruction ended up primarily because I wanted to know who Jesus was. I wanted to know this, this the, the actual physical person 
of the man Jesus. If I'm going to be living my life and potentially dying for this man, I want to know as much about him as I possibly could. And so I critically examined the life of Jesus and I asked myself, why am I a Christian? Is it to worship this man and to follow in his footsteps? And I found that incredibly lacking. Like this was a man who didn't, who, who did exist uh, more likely. And, but the things that's been said about him conveniently enough line up so much with other stories and other types of tales that are mythical narratives. And there's so little we can actually know what he actually said. And so when people say like, I know Jesus or I love Jesus, I'm like, who is Jesus? And I try to you, go, go, it'd be great for you to do a poll. Have just, just say, Hey, what is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And just ask a hundred people and give them three sentences to, to describe Jesus. I almost guarantee you not a single one of them are going to line up. And that's a problem. We all have this romanticized idea of who Jesus was. And if that's the case, then I'm literally worshiping a fantasy. It is not real. Now, if you want to do that, that's cool. But for me, I found that incredibly disingenuous and unsatisfactory. And that was so painful. And that's what I mean by <clears throat> thinking critically, to be able to step back from what you, from an idea, to scrutinize it, to examine it and say, is this sound? Is this logically good? Is this, his, is, if it's a historical statement, do other things collaborate? If it's a theological statement, is there science and history to back it up? Is it philosophically sound? Yep. That, that's what I mean by thinking critically. Yeah, that's good. Um, just kind of going on to the kind of last section of this. So considering some of the research that's been done by Pew Research, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the link that I sent over with that. Um, if not, no worries. Um, but it appears as if going forward for at least the next uh, four or five decades anyway, that religion doesn't seem to be going anywhere if we're taking birth rates and conversions into account. Um, so from Pew Research, they seem to be saying that as a percentage of global population, the religiously unaffiliated are expected to decrease um, in terms of a percentage of global population, but they will increase numerically. Um, Christianity is expected to remain at a similar percentage um, of global population while seeing an increase in the amount of people switching from Christianity to either unaffiliated or another religion. And Islam is expected to grow significantly due to birth rates. So taking all of that into account, um, all these different changes and trends, um, as a secular humanist, do you consider it to be important that we work together uh, and why? So important to work together. Yes. Um, this was, this is actually an issue of that I worked over in my mind for a couple weeks very recently with a, a decent amount of anguish. Um, and this is, this goes again to go back to the critical thinking. It's like, what, what am I trying to accomplish? And so originally I was a huge supporter of the de deconstruction community. That was why I had my page, why I had my account. And I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm trying to work with evangelical Christianity specifically to make them less harmful. How can I possibly do that? And then I'm starting to think, what redeeming aspect is there of evangelical Christianity that, again, that cannot be replaced by some other aspect? 
And of course, I, I, I say that with any religion, and I, with any religion, I say there there isn't. And so with evangelical Christianity, there there definitely isn't. And I had to ask myself, okay, is it better to try to work with evangelical Christians to try to make them less harmful, which was my goal, or is it better to try to just burn the whole thing to the ground, just like dismant- dismantle it completely until we have a more humanistic, uh, anti-evangelical, and I know evangelical is kind of a loaded term, but anti-evangelical Christianity. Uh, because in, in my opinion, like evangelical Christianity is just, you know, part of my, part of my language, it's, it's fucking harmful. There are so many aspects to it that is diametrically opposed to the progress of humanity. And I cannot consciously say I want to work together with people while still giving evangelical Christianity a pass. This is also true for like fundamentalist uh, is, um, uh, Islam. Um, I don't know as much about Islam, but honestly, we know that there are serious issues within Islam too and, and, and within any religion. But like, like Sam Harris says, like the, the actually, I'm going to paraphrase it. One of the things that he says is that, you know, no society has been uh, damaged or, or threatened due to people being too reasonable. The problem with evangelical Christianity or fundamentalist religion is they, they have no reason. They believe they have the truth. They believe they know this truth. And they believe they know the person, the, the being that gave them this truth. And their perspective is, is that you need to follow this truth or else you're going to burn in hell. And if the idea of an afterlife is for them to burn in hell, then the idea of injustices or evil happening within this world for these, you know, heathens or, or people who have rejected this truth is, is, is nothing to them. It's, it's like, why should I care about that heathen? And that is such a dangerous place for us to be. I, and I understand that's not the case for all evangelicals. I'm not saying it is, but for so many of them, that, that is kind of how they, how they look at it. It's like, I'm they I had I did a post about the dangers of uh, of how religious people are dangerous. And I asked them, asked my followers to comment, like, what's some of the scariest things that you've heard? And there was dozens of people. Like I got hundreds of comments on it. It was kind of crazy. Hundreds of people saying how I'm glad you're going through this pain and suffering so that you can learn to repent. And that was a repeated theme from all these people. It's all anecdotal, but it's no different to what I told other people when I was evangelical. It's no different from what hundreds of evangelicals have told me that I'm going through this process as an atheist. It's like, I, I don't get it. This is, this is, this is terrifying. Um, so when, when I, am I willing to work with like more progressive Christians or other Christians who want to be more humanist? I don't have much of a choice. <laughs> like you said, religion's not going where I don't think it is either, but you know, I need to figure out, you know, what battles I, I choose to fight. And you no, know, and at what point is you know an enemy an ally? Uh, because I, it's very difficult for me to look at a person, and, and this might, and this may be a reflection of things that I'm dealing with. But it's diff- difficult for me to look at a person who thinks that they have this sort of being in the sky who loves them and knows them personally, and is going to take them into heaven. But other people are going to hell or at least not be with them, whether believe in annihilation or eternal conscious torment. It doesn't really matter. It's like you believe that this being is, is, is speaking to you through attacks or through experiences. And that gives you the ability to discriminate against other people. No, that humanity cannot progress with that type of mentality.
Yeah, thanks for sharing your perspective on that. Um, one thing I'd be interested to maybe hear from you, and, and I don't know how much you've read up on this, and obviously there's a debate surrounding whether or not religion is even the right term to use here, but it's just regarding some maybe Eastern religions, um, whether you want to refer to, because obviously religion is quite loaded as a Western term and a colonial sort of term, but um, the Dharma, the sort of following the uh, Four Noble Truths or um, whatever, for example, within Buddhism, there is no concept of a, a god. Um, although if you look in Tibetan, there's maybe like gods and demons and it's enchanted. But if we're accepting the sort of definition of religion that Ninian Smart gives, where it's this sort of complex phenomena of multiple uh, like mythical narrative uh, ritual social elements that come together um would you say that they have redeeming elements to them uh, comparatively to maybe the abrahamic faiths they're definitely off to a better start um which is which is kind of interesting because they started off also started before um i think all the western religions i think buddhism is older than than uh than judaism <clears throat> depending upon how old you think judaism is but um, I, but I, I that, that that may be a completely incorrect statement, so I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I, I would say they they are off to a better start. They, I mean, all even the Eastern religions or, or Eastern philosophies, however you want to look at it. I mean, they they aren't they they aren't you know innocent. They they've definitely all got their own own issues that they're working out with. Uh, the whole Tibet China issue is 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 a, is a mess. Um, you know, the mother Teresa was not perfect, you know, and obviously she was Catholic, but likewise, like, you know, Gandhi, uh, he was, in, in my opinion, like he said a lot of cool things, but I, I, I found him also to be a hypocrite and, and quite a coward. Like it's, it's easy to, uh, say that you're a, you're a pacifist when you're going to let the enemy of your enemy kind of, uh, mobilize an entire army and fight the army for the, that your enemy for you. It's like, okay, it's, 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 it's frustrating for me to, uh, not uh, called hypocrisy when I see it. And uh, I, I don't know that much about the Dalai Lama. Um, I, I've been reading a couple of books by him. Actually, I'm reading one right now, actually. And, you know, he talks about spiritualism a lot and, and past lives. And, and he rationalizes a lot of things because of a past life. And I'm like, if that's your only reasoning for it, then I, I then for these overall good practices, and then, then I guess that that's cool. But why? Like, I, I don't understand the necessity, the necessity to believe in the superstition to justify a very sound um, uh, and uh, basically a, a good practice like like meditation and, and, and mindfulness and, and removing the self. Like, you know, I, I've, I've already talked about it a couple of times, but it's, 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 it's poignant. Like Sam Harris talks a lot about meditation and even being spiritual. And I love the way he talks about it. He, he grounds it in neuroscience. And so, and he takes a lot of stuff from, from Buddhist practices and he puts it into a secular context. Like, I love that. Like, that's fantastic. But there's also a reason why a lot of Western religions that doesn't um, uh, flow over so well, uh, because that's just how absurd a lot of the Western perspectives are. Um, but as far as being less harmful, Mike, I, I think we would all benefit greatly from learning to you know, chill the F out and, and just meditate for 10 minutes. You know, I've, I've kind of gotten away from it, but I, I, I love meditating. I love doing yoga. I love exercising. You know, I'm not a very Zen person at all. Like, but I love having, you know, go off for a, for, for a five kilometer run, coming in, lifting some really 
heavy shit and getting a lot of my angst out and then meditating for 10 minutes. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very therapeutic. <laughs> and then I, I go on Instagram, I lose my shit with uh, a bunch of atheists and then my, that Zen is gone. So <laughs> apparently I'm not very good Buddhist either. Yeah, yeah. So just on that, um, how can religious people do better when it comes to engaging with atheists and secular humanists? Obviously, you're saying <laughs> you lose your shit when you're coming on and talking with other uh, theists. So how can, if they were listening to this today, how can they do better? So if they're if they're talking to an atheist, um, ask questions. Don't don't presume things. You know, and I think that's that's honestly the best thing we can we can do because. You're talking to a person who doesn't believe in God. That is a, while that affects a great deal of, uh, while, while the idea of a God affects pretty much the entire world of, uh, worldview of a Christian or someone who's a theist, because if they believe in this omnipresent, omnipotent God, that is literally a being who is constantly in their head and constantly in their mind and, and either dictating or is aware of every single movement they do. Okay. So for a Christian, like it completely, has ownership over the worldview for an atheist who doesn't even believe in this being it has very little to do with the worldview it, it just it has no interact like this 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 being that was at at one point uh observing and interacting with everything that i did just kind of evaporated for me i'm like okay this is this is interesting now it's 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 it's, it's kind of fascinating not not having uh, big brother being able to convict me of thought crime anymore. I can, I can have this thought and not feel guilty about it because it's not hurting anybody. And as long as I'm not acting upon this thought, okay, I need to take this thought, whatever it may be. I'm like, is this a good thought or a bad thought? And then toss it aside or let's, let's think about this for a little bit because a really good, this has nothing to do with your question. So I apologize, but a really good practice that I think atheists and Christians should learn how to do is not not believe every single fucking thing that you think like just because you think it doesn't mean it's true that that i that was a big thing for me as a christian but so much more important now for me as an atheist um because i feel like i got my autonomy back and now that i i've had my my god strings cut it's like okay let's let's have conversations with with religious people they believe in this and this god okay I, I can work with that to, to, to some extent, uh, to, to a huge extent, actually. Uh, but again, if, if, they're, if they want to try to talk to an atheist while also making, having sexist beliefs, having racist beliefs, or having uh, bigoted beliefs, then we're, we're going to have serious issues. And, they're like, and of course, no Christian is going to say, oh, I'm any of those. And I'm like, okay. Well, okay, let's talk about, can you, can a woman be a pastor at your church? Well, no. Okay. That's sexism. All right. Or do you believe, you know, the LG, anyone in the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ community is going to go to hell unless they stop uh, living the, their life like that? Well, yeah, they're going to go to hell. That's what the Bible says. Okay. You're, you're, you're bigoted. And, you know, racism, like, hey, colonization, do you go into third world countries and preach your white evangelical Christianity to people that do not look like you and tell them you need to believe this. That is racism. I'm sorry. It simply is racism. Um, and the fact that we have these perspectives that or that evangelical Christianity, especially specifically white evangelical Christianity, has these perspectives that they believe is so true to their core that they are 
completely unaware, just as unaware as I was about their, 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 their supremacy and, and suppressionism, <clears throat> not only other faith groups, but also on minorities and through whether it be white saviorism, you know, or whether it be completely innocent, like how I was when I went to Peru on my mission trip, it's like we, they, they, they are completely uh, unself-aware of what they're doing. And so when atheist tries to talk to you about these things, shut up and listen. You can think that they're wrong, but if you actually want to be a critical thinker, you need to listen to ideas that are opposed to you and see if there's any weight to them at all. Otherwise, you're not thinking critically, and, you and you're doubling down in your certainty. And if you're certain about something, then you're not relying on faith. You're relying on your certainty. Faith leaves room for doubt. And if you're so certain about your beliefs, you, that's, that's not faith, that is certainty. And you're relying on your own logic and your own precious viewpoint to justify your own beliefs that are diametrically opposed to the progress of humanity on this, on this planet. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective throughout. I've really enjoyed this conversation and hearing your thoughts and all of this. I, I, I hope, um, I'm glad to. I, I wish it was actually more of a conversation. I feel like you're asking a question. I was just talking at you. So I, I do apologize for that. But uh. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I'm, I'm sure that's what people are wanting to hear. I think it's so important that there's more uh, questions like this being asked. Um, I, I really have a distaste for watching like debates and stuff like that and I think it's good to have like healthy debates and stuff but often the dialogue that you see between atheists and Christian is like atheist versus Christian right. and it's like this diametrically opposed thing rather than looking at these topics of how we can better work together um, and then also understanding uh, each other better obviously you having come from uh, a background in Christianity understand it very well so, <laughs> a little bit um, and, yeah, and we've, uh, it's just like i'm just trying to get people to understand like how you there is so much i realize i don't actually can know and you know matt, matt delahante has a really great quote and he says i want to know as many true things as possible and not believe as many false things as possible and i believe as just it's just human nature for us to believe things that don't necessarily uh have evidence for like we want to believe a lot of things but we don't have enough justification to believe those things. And as Carl Sagan says, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. If you're going to say that there is a, a, a God out there who, who loves me so much that he'll send me to hell just, just in case I don't, I'm like, okay, that's a pretty big claim. Let's, let's reel that back and let's see what type of evidence you have for it. Otherwise, I'm going to remain skeptical. And that's, that's all I want. I, if there's a God out there, I just want him to kind of be real to me because I don't see much difference between a God who doesn't interact with me versus a God that is not there. And if he's there and he wants to have this relationship with me, I'm, I'm still open to the experience, but uh, I'm going to get that crap on video camera and make sure I get a lot of eyewitnesses. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so if people are wanting to find some more of your content, that they've enjoyed this episode, um, maybe you're interested in finding out a little bit more, where can they find you? So I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm, I'm dabbling in Clubhouse a little bit, uh, but Instagram is heretical theology, uh, heretical underscore theology. And then uh, for Clubhouse, it's just Will Thorpe. And my, my username is heretical Theo because limited characters. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll put all that in the show notes anyway. But, well, thanks so much again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, man. This has been great.
Well, I hope you found that episode interesting today, wherever you are on the spectrum, from religious to uh, non-religious or atheist. Uh, I think Will raises some good points, and as a church and as Christians, I think it's really important that we take the time to listen to uh, the critique of atheists, of secular humanists, um, and it's really important that we take it seriously. And Maybe you learnt something, uh, maybe a misconception that you might have had about atheism has been resolved today by listening to this episode, um, but either way, I hope you enjoyed it. So for next week, we don't have a guest on. It's just going to be myself and Katie having a discussion about money and church. We'll be talking about the tithe. We'll be talking about prosperity teachings. Uh, We'll be talking about the role of the church in terms of charity, um, giving to the poor um, and helping to raise people out of poverty. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, then I hope that you get a chance to tune in next week. As well as that, it would be so helpful if you could go on and rate and review the podcast uh, just to make it easier for people to find us when they are searching. But I hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. We've got even more great content planned for spring and summer as it arrives here in the Northern Hemisphere. So stay tuned and if you want to stay up to date with all that's happening uh, in the Space Between community, then just head over to Instagram at the Space Between UK. Thanks for listening.